Now, as part of the Christmas traditions, uh, many of us give gifts this time of year, and so I just I have a question for you guys. What kind of gift giver are you? Do we have any practical gift givers? You know, socks, kitchen knives, bed sheets, like anything that can be used? I saw one hand. Uh, oh, there's a couple of you. Well, God bless you all. All right, on the opposite side of the spectrum, do you have any fun gift givers? Like anything but something practical? It has to be like a drone, a remote control car, an action figure, like that crazy t-shirt with the Santa unicorn. I don't know if you've seen that. Anyone? One? All right. Well, I have a few more categories. We'll see where we, we land. Uh, do we have any obnoxious gift givers here? Like aunts and uncles that love to give noisemakers. Anyone? I saw, I saw one little hand peeking up like, yeah, that's me. All right. And, and, and what about thoughtful gift givers? Any of you guys, like what really makes your day is just to give the perfect gift for that person, whether it's practical, fun, or otherwise? All right. Yeah. Okay. More people are willing to say, yeah, that, that's me. Well, God bless you all. Um, you know, there's something about gifts being given that reveal the giver. You know, when, when we give something, we give part of ourselves and you can look at what we're giving and you can say, oh, this tells me something about the person uh, that gives it to me. And on Christmas, we celebrate the ultimate gift that has ever been given in the history of gift making. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we remember Jesus coming and being born in a manger in Bethlehem. And to celebrate that, we have a story this morning. This is a children's story written by someone who was part of our church for a long time, uh, illustrated by his sister, and it's called We Sing for the Promised King. So we got to go full screen here, Connie, for the people online. Yep. It'll be just a sec. All right. There we go. We Sing for the Promised King. It's by Drew Whithorn. During a bad time, during a time when a bad man was ruling over Israel, Jesus, the true king that God promised, was born. And an angel was sent to a young woman named Mary. Now, Mary had promised to get married to a man named Joseph, but the wedding had not yet happened. And there was no way that Mary could have a baby. But the angel came to Mary to tell her that God had made a baby boy. It was a miracle. This boy, the angel said, will be important and powerful. He will be God's son and will save God's people from the wrong things they have done. And not only that, but God will also make him king forever and ever. Mary was so excited. This was a moment that everyone in the history of the world had been waiting for. God was coming to save his people and to be their king. Mary was so excited that she sang a song to say thank you to God for his love and for keeping his promises. And just before the time came for baby Jesus to be born, Mary and Joseph had to go on a business trip to a faraway town called Bethlehem. And when they got to Bethlehem, they had to stay in a barn because there was no hotel room. And it was there in that barn that Jesus, God's promised king, was born. And Mary wrapped up her little baby and put him down for a nap. And that night, not far away, there were some men taking care of their sheep when a whole bunch of angels suddenly appeared and told them God's promised king had been born. He had finally come. And then the angels sang to God, thanking him for his love and for keeping his promises. And the angels told the men where to go so they could see this new king. And so the men ran as fast as they could to see baby Jesus, God's promised king. And when they saw him, 
They sang songs to God and they praised him for his love and for keeping his promises, just like the angels and Mary did, because God had finally come to be their king. And so today we take a break from normal things. Sorry, I don't know what happened with the formatting there, but that's really hard to read. Uh, To remember the day that Jesus was born. And today we're going to sing to God for his love and for keeping his promises because he came to earth to save us from our sins and to be our king. Yeah, amen. It's a good story. It's one we're familiar with. Um, And if I had anything to share this morning... My hope is that we would understand the magnitude of the gift that was given in Jesus Christ. I'm going to fail at that, but we'll we'll give it our best shot. See, for me, uh, next to Jesus, the greatest gift that I've ever been given um, came to me in three simple letters, and those letters were yes. And yes was the answer to the question, will you marry me, as I was proposing to my wife, Kara, and she agreed. And not only was marrying Kara like, the best gift ever. But for the last 11 years, I've realized that this relationship is a gift that just keeps on giving. As this poor woman has tended me when I'm sick and cooked me food when I'm hungry and borne children and looked after them. Like 11 years down the road, I just look around and going, I am so blessed because this woman entered my life and this this relationship, this gift just kept on giving. And I don't know if you're, I mean, if you're married or single, how you relate to that, but you have something better than my wife, Kara, if you are in Jesus Christ, because in Jesus, God came to save us and to give us not only himself, not only the gift of Jesus, but then the gifts of, of Jesus, a, a longstanding relationship. And so I just want to talk about that this morning, because in Jesus, the gift reveals the giver. Or as, as the Apostle John said, he says, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is with the Father, has made him known. Or as Jesus would tell his disciple Philip, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. When we look at Jesus, we see the nature of ultimate reality because he reveals to us who God is most clearly. And when we peer down at Jesus, what we see is, is a God at the center of everything is love. A father loving his son from all eternity. A father delighting in his son, blessing his son eternally. The one God that exists as father, son, and spirit loving each other pours out love into his son's life, delights in his son, gives everything that he has to Jesus, his son. That's what God is like. He's like a fountain, like an ever-flowing stream who, who finds his, his very being and just loving someone different than himself. And so it's no wonder then that when we go to Jesus and we look at him, we find out that Jesus is most glorified as he is hanging on a cross, dying. You want to know what the glory of God is like? It looks like Jesus dying to save you, giving his very life for his enemies, giving everything that he has in order to bless those who don't deserve it. Why? Because that is entirely in keeping with the nature of the God that Jesus Christ reveals. And so on the night Jesus is going to be crucified 
and he knows that the God has given everything into his hands, he takes a towel and he washes his disciples' feet like a servant, which is entirely in keeping with the God that he reveals, this life-giving, loving, blessing God. It turns out the grand secret of the universe is that God is love. He's not some angry tyrant sitting up there on this cold throne in heaven waiting to bash us in the head with a scepter. He is this this vivacious, life-pouring-out God who loves us and is dying to just let us, let him bless us if we would receive it. That's the God that Jesus Christ reveals. And there's no other God like that. There's no other God who even comes close to being this, this giving. And if we would just understand the love of God and Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm convinced it would just change everything. Because when God gave his son, he, he gave himself. He gave that which is most precious to him. And in Christ, not only do we have forgiveness of sins, you know, like that's a little thing. It's not, it's a, it's a huge thing. And not only do we have adoption into the family of God. We're not alone anymore. We have a place to belong in a relationship. And not only do we have an inheritance, because hey, it turns out that just as God the Father gives everything to God the Son, so God the Son gives everything to the church. Because that's entirely in keeping with the nature of the God that Jesus Christ reveals. He just, he just can't wait to lavish us with more gifts. <laughs> in fact, I'm, I'm amazed uh, Paul in Ephesians 4, he quotes from Psalm 68, and he says this. He says, when he ascended on high, talking of Jesus, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. He's making a, a play off of Psalm 68, which is this amazing psalm about God as king who has come and rescued his people out of captivity and is going to be enthroned as king. Like he literally took captivity as a thing, captive, so no more slaves, everyone's free now. Hey, follow me, we're gonna go have a party. And as God is on his way up to be king, what the psalm says is he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he received gifts from men. Like he receives tribute. Why? Because he's worthy of it. And then Paul is is playing with that. He says, take that idea and now think of Jesus. Jesus who has been crucified and now risen from the dead and now ascended into heaven at the right hand of God. And when he ascended on high, And at the point that he's seated on the very throne of heaven, when he is most worthy of worship, of praise, of glory, of adoration, of gifts, of tribute, at that moment, he turns and he gives gifts to men. He blesses us because that's entirely the God that he is. I don't know if you guys have heard of Make-A-Wish Foundation, um, a wonderful organization that goes to kids who have terminal diagnoses and says, you make a wish, we make it come true, essentially. And so they went to a kid who was sick with cancer. I'm going to get the details off, but, um, and they said, you know, what do you want? He says, I want a four-wheeler, a really, really nice, sporty four-wheeler. And they got him one. And then someone stole it. (laughs) Which is just like, Oh, that is such a jerk move. Um, And life went on. And then the Make-A-Wish Foundation went to this other kid who also has a terminal diagnosis with cancer and says, you make a wish, we make it come true. And this kid says, I want a four-wheeler and I want you to give it to that kid. 
though I die, <laughs> and though I am, I'm at the point in my life when, when everything that I could possibly want could be made true for me, I'm going to use my opportunity to love, serve, and bless someone else. And there's something godly in that, because that is entirely in keeping with the God that we serve. At the moment when he deserved everything, he turns and he blesses. He turns and he serves. He turns and he gives. And so it's no wonder that Jesus was born in humble circumstances in a manger in Bethlehem, that he came for for the lowly shepherds and the people that no one else was paying attention to. It's no wonder that Jesus left heaven to serve a broken creation, that the love of God was manifested when Christ died for sinners and his enemies. It's no wonder then that when Jesus calls us to carry our cross, to love our enemies, <laughs> and, and to pray for those who persecute us, that he's, he's not inviting us into something that's like crazy ninja style hard. He's just inviting us to share in the glory of God. Because that is entirely in keeping with what God has done for all eternity. He loves those who hate him. He just blesses those who could care less about him. He pours out his love on people who don't deserve it. And the only thing he's begging people to do is, please just let me love you. Let me bless you. Would you receive the gift that I'm trying to give you? And the brokenness of the world is that we don't want it. Not on his terms. Not most of the time. And and so, in defense of his children and those he loves, one day wrath will come because he loves the world. And he wants to bless it. And he has blessed it in Jesus Christ. And so when we look at Jesus, when we see this astounding gift, and we understand what God has given us, and it changes everything. It means that for the rest of eternity, God will never tire of you. Do you know that? He's not going to get 50,000 de- years down the road and say, I am sick of having you as a roommate. Get out of here. It means that, that as much as we have experienced the glories and blessings of Jesus, we have only yet tasted of the goodness that God has in store because he always has more to give. It means that I will never run out. It means that I don't have to view the world as as a a place of scarcity with, with resources that I must hoard to look after my own needs. Why? Because I have a loving heavenly father that graciously will ever be giving into my life. And so at Christmas time, it's not me getting gifts that is the best thing. It's when I can give and bless and use my abundance for the sake of other people that I am most like God in that. Faithful, generous, compassionate, gracious, keeping his promises. And I have no other thing this morning than for us to dwell upon the gift of Jesus and what he's done for us. What that means for this God. But man, can you imagine if we were like that? It just might change everything. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your son. God, thank you that it was not just uh, a one-time gift. A, we'll wipe the slate clean, now get out of here. But that Jesus has kept giving. That he gave us his life, he gave us his righteousness, He's given us forgiveness of sins and now a place in your family. That because he has been risen from the dead, we are now his brothers. You are now our father. That we have a home. We have an inheritance. We have an eternity of good things to look forward to. God, there's no one like you. There's no other God like you. I mean, frankly, no no other God wants this kind of glory. Um, 
I just ask that you would empower us to dare to believe it, that you really are this good, that you really do love us, and that you'd help us to follow after your son, knowing that carrying our cross and following him is just an invitation to do what you have been doing from all eternity, to share freely for the sake of others out of love. Amen.